where the hell have you been? It's not my fault. I got distracted. By what? We could always find something. Come on. Where are we going? Into darkness. And this is your patient. Doctor! Stay calm. We're gonna get you out of this. I see into your soul, Doctor. I see beauty. I see divinity. I see hatred! The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to start this episode by welcoming Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? I am very well indeed, very well. I've had a punishing couple of weeks, and I have lived to tell the tale, as uh, the servants of Job say, and, uh, <laughs> and here we are, back to doing something normal, talking about um, Doctor Who with you. Okay, but you, you know what? It would be remiss of me to say that since we last recorded, because we actually took off a week of recording, we, our schedules did not sync. We were out of, not in our personal timelines, but in your personal timeline, you had what I think is called a birthday. So, happy birthday, my friend. And I appreciate the sentiment, but I'll, I'll tell you that um, I did embrace this teaching long ago from, of all places, um, the, the, the 1930s film uh, Lost Horizon, which is one of my favorites and I highly recommend to you. But there are people in the, the mythical value, valley of Shangri-La in Lost Horizon who have lived for they don't know how long, and they just don't seem to get any older. And someone asks one of them, you know what the secret is. And he laughs kind of tolerantly. And he says, you Westerners, every time you celebrate a birthday, you draw another fence around your mind. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, so what I took from that is, if you keep counting the numbers, they seem to pile heavy. I don't know. I, I've, I've stopped believing in it. It's, it's pretty arbitrary. So there you go. Don't even worry about it until you at least get 400. You know, I've understood that life doesn't begin until 750. Exactly. But, yeah. But you know whose face is just circling around in a number because he is the third member of our trope here for discussing Ooh. who it would be Ooh. none other than Clarence Brown. Mr. Brown, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Glad to be on with you guys to talk some more Doctor Who. So, you know, I'm all right. Had a decent week and, you know, glad to be here. Indeed. It's better than having an indecent Yeah. Week. Yes. I tell you. Clarence, oh. I'm glad you weren't indecent. The <laughs> <laughs> jury's out. Cha-ching. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we don't have the details. Well, what I do have the details on, I want to give a quick shout out before we get into our review. I don't have any news because this is the time of the year and, you know, we know that we've got an episode coming around Easter, I believe, but we don't have at least to my knowledge, have any Doctor Who news. But I do have a shout-out I want to give to Suzanne Bowen of Suzati. She is. This is a design. You can look it up on our Facebook page and see a comment that Suzanne left on our 
review of The Hand of Fear. So I just want to give a quick shout out to Suzanne and Clarence. Would you like to share with everyone where we met her? Yes, we met her, I believe it's going to be at the Gulf Coast Comic Con. I believe it's the I first time we met so. her. Yes, and we, indeed. And we met her again when we went to Pensacon back in 2018, yeah. I believe. Wow, how oh, time Lord. flies. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, back when you could have conventions in person. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. How unconventional. Ta-ching. I'm on a roll, guys, just to let you know I am on a roll. As long as you say you are, we'll believe it. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. It's it's so subjective, but yeah. You know, I would love to know, since we brought this up, I would love to know if you have been a longtime listener. Do you love our banter? I hope you do. And if you do, <laughs> send us a email, send us a voicemail, send us a Facebook message, tweet us, let us know what you think about our banter. I personally enjoy it. I love coming up with corny jokes that are only funny to me and <laughs> inflicting it on the two of these other gentlemen. So FYI. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you know, at least, hey. you know, it would, it would be sad if you didn't know. And you know what I've got to say to that? That it's only funny to you. No, knowing is what? half the battle. But let's assume for a moment, Lee, that we have people yes. listening right now who have never listened to us before. What might you say to them? Get out, get out, get out. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I was confusing that with the haunted house uh, that I live in. Um, no, th- uh, thank you. Thank you for joining us. You've got other things you could be doing. And, um, you know, after this um, episode's over, you may say, what in the world was I doing? But, um, you know, for the moment, thank you for, for choosing to be with us. In Indeed. And while you're listening to us, while you're at it, if you are a listener on Apple Podcasts or any of the podcast platforms, leave us a review. This will help us get discovered, and it helps, and especially with Apple, with the algorithm. So we would yeah. very much appreciate it. Indeed. So, gentlemen, before we get into the review of why we are here, do you have any other items that you would like to bring up before we get started? Mm, not really. Just let's please not revisit old faces. That's all. Mm. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll just okay. follow that up with a dose of A-L-I-N-C. At least it's not you-know-who. I don't think so. this kitchen on. It is to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's hashtag it. Let's do this. I'm tweeting it right can't now. Can't just say it's catching on with you. I don't think. <laughs> We're giving Cal a hard time I'm not tonight. fetching something. That's all. at least I learned well, in the last episode what fetching is, and I know that from this moment forward. But from this moment forward, I have to say, if you have not seen Into the Dalek. Put us on pause. Go out. Watch the episode. Come back. Because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too. 
Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out and we are back to review Into the Dalek. This is the second episode of the 2014 series of Doctor Who, first airing on the 30th of August, 2014. It starred Peter Capaldi as the 12th Doctor, Jenna Coleman as Clara Oswald, and introduces Samuel Anderson as Danny Pink. Oh, and let us not forget Michelle Gomez as the mysterious Missy. Summary view. Clarence Brown, I'll start with you. Summary view. What say you? Yes, I love the parallels in this episode. The parallels of um, Danny Pink trying to figure out if he's a good man and the doctor doing the same. The notion of uh, can one good man change the world? And I love how they played it along with the doctor and the Dalek. So just a good, fun adventure into the most dangerous place in the universe. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I really love this episode. I really enjoyed it. And once again, I will say, let's not dog Clara because we're two episodes in and the doctor doesn't even know if he's a good man. So how are you going to blame Clara? That's all I'm saying. It's a pretty good summation, I think. It's a, it, it is. It's a, uh, I love it because it, it calls out Fantastic Voyage, which is a film that I adore and have loved all my life. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, also there are big questions raised here, and um, and the, yeah, about what makes somebody good, which I think is an important question to ask. So, yeah, it's a it's a profound episode, really. Mm -hmm. I am really enjoying this simply because the series eight or the twenty fourteen series, Capaldi's first series, has always been one that I've shied away from. Out of the three series that he was in, I have probably watched these episodes the least. I will have watched the beginning and I will have watched the finale, but the ones in the middle I've seen, but not really revisited. I'm seeing these with a new appreciation and a new appreciation of Clara, in all honesty. So I'm not going to be beating up on Clara. I have no problem with Clara in this episode. So I just really enjoyed it. And I know we're going to get into it, but summary view enjoyed it. So let's talk about the introduction. Let's start at the beginning. Clarence, I want to ask you this question. Journey Blue, the doctor saves her a moment before the ship explodes. Do we know why he chose to save her in that particular moment? Was that explained and I missed it? What do you think? Uh, unless you know something I don't know. I don't think there's any <laughs> any explanation for it. Um and she even like calls him to task for about, you know, going and saving. I guess it was, was it her brother in other ship? Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So interesting there. If there was an explanation for it in the episode, I really didn't didn't come to it or get it myself. But I do find it interesting of, of how um, <laughs> he, this guy with this time machine refuses to go back and save her brother as well. So um, I don't know. What, what, what am I missing here? Lee? Well, only because I have the transcript in front of me do I know that he says um, that uh, I, I, I saved you one second before you were about to die. I think he did the best he could. I think he, you know, he materialized the TARDIS around her in the instant where she and her brother were dying. You know, she says, well, my brother died. And the doctor says, his sister didn't have some mm. tea. You know, I don't think there's any choice making or anything. It's just, it's just how it worked out. What, what are your thoughts on his bedside manner in that moment? Because he's harsh. He is so blunt. He's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And this is going to be him for quite a while. 
yeah, I I kept trying to figure out what I what I thought about this Dr. R. Mm. He's hard. That's why I love doing this. You were exactly where I wanted you to be. You know, this is why I think I said this in the last episode. This is why I'm so excited about going back to Capaldi, because the more I watch these Series 8 episodes, the more I realize and am convinced that of all the Doctors that we've seen 2005 forward, his arc is the biggest in terms of character growth. Yeah. You know, from from this moment to his last appearance, they are opposite ends of the spectrum as far as how this character is, you know, portrayed. And I think it's brilliant. Yeah. But yeah. bedside manner he did not have. There was no <laughs> bedside manner. Yeah, and you're right, and and spoilers, one of the last things he'll say in this in, the, in this life of his is uh, above all, be kind. Mm. Mm. And the doctor was not kind at all. He's not kind here. So what did you guys think? Let's fast forward a little bit. You know, we see the doctor and the doctor meets these people and then he's going to go get Clara. But we see Clara in the school and we are introduced to Danny Pink. Lee, first impressions, Danny Pink. What were your thoughts? I remember being interested in the fact that he was being given enough screen time that I thought, ah, we're we're not just going to dismiss this character. We're, this is somebody who's going to be important. Okay. That puts us as audience members in the mode of trying to gather information. And uh, right away, uh, very significantly for this episode, he gets a student who asks him if he's ever killed mm. anybody. Mm. Mm. So there you are. <laughs> it's a, you, you might think this might be an episode where that question might come up again indeed yeah it's, it's exactly as, as lee says you have danny here trying to figure out if he's a good man and just some beautiful moments of i don't i don't know why he's so shy in the beginning i think he's just kind of a shy person but the on top of i guess this post-traumatic stress that he has had from being a soldier um he's a very quiet person but he, we get these nice moments of he and clara and her um you know, <laughs> trying to go out with him and him being nervous. I just thought all of that and the way it was written was very cute. We even get like this inner dialogue or, you know, uh, alternate reality of what he would have said in his head. <laughs> so I, I mm-hmm. really enjoyed all of that. And I think it was just beautifully written. And, you know, it looks like Danny is trying to figure out if he's a good man as well. Mm. You know, I know we'll get into it more down the line in this series and in the next series. But, I, I, you know, and what I mean by where I'm going with this is I know the doctor, especially the war doctor, has had military type experiences. That said, we've got one that's called the doctor. We've got one that is a soldier in Danny Pink. And I found so much more humanity in Danny, you mm-hmm. know, compassion, you know, the regret, the, the emotion, the shame, whatever you want to call it, you know, whatever that spectrum of emotion is, whereas the doctor has pivoted from what we saw in his 11th incarnation into this, I am set against soldiers. So I want to know what you guys think caused this shift or what do you think about this shift of anti-soldier mentality have we seen that before is it just something that's just being focused what do you guys think either of you take it away 
I feel like by the time we get to the end, that it becomes the big... You look back across this episode and realize this has been the big question of this episode. It wasn't about, really about being in the Dalek at all. Uh, that those of us who know the long history want to say, you, but you were a soldier. <laughs> you were a soldier for a long time. And those of us who, who know, I guess, the yet longer story, <laughs> go back to, to classic who the doctor has often been anti-gun, but not anti-soldier. Hmm. I mean, he would disagree with the brigadier about his way of doing things, which is kind of shoot first and ask questions later. He didn't um, object to soldiers, you know, qua soldier. You know, it just <laughs> um, so something it feels like something new has been added. And yeah, it, it is like we're saying, wait a minute, did I miss an episode? What happened? I didn't catch it until watching it the second time through. But we we get we get cued from the very beginning, when the doctor has saved Journey Blue, that uh, he says, dry your eyes, Journey Blue, crying's for civilian. It's how we communicate with your lot. Mm. How about that? Very Crying well. is how we get the attention of soldiers. Interesting. Wow. D yeah. Deep. Yeah. Clarence, thoughts? Oh, I don't know if I have much to add other than... If, if, if I remember, <laughs> didn't we see him have an anti-soldier moment in Screaming the Shaka? As well. Oh, that's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So it seems like, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. I mean, especially knowing who the war doctor is at this point and what he was, it sounds, it, it just feels a little weird. Mm -hmm. You know, it felt a little bit more in context. Maybe I could explain it a little bit better or explain this version of the doctor a little bit better if I take away any of the revelations that we've had during the Chibnall era. And I look at this totally from the perspective of this is the 13th doctor. This is the first of a new set of regeneration for this character. So looking at it from that perspective, I'm starting over again. I didn't expect to have this. And just like what he said at the end of the last episode, I made him a lot of mistakes, and at this time I did something about him. And maybe his idea of anti-soldiers was, I abide, you know, I in the, you know, I chose to abide by soldiers in my previous regeneration set. I'm not going to anymore. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah, that goes out uh, the window. Much... But still, that was my thought. Well, yeah, but that. It's something he's trying on, you know. So, you know, when people try on things, they ask questions like, you know, how do I look in this? You know, what do you think of this? Blah, blah, blah. But he chose to ask Clara, am I a good man? Why do we think he was prompted to ask this question? And specifically, what do you think about Clara's reply, her initial reply of, I don't know? Clarence, why don't you take this first? Didn't we do this with Matt Smith already? If I remember correctly, am I? Didn't didn't we do this with Matt Smith? I'm asking you guys. No, did we? Did he? I don't think he asked. So the we question. we never heard the "Am I a good man?" come up before. That's it's funny that when you say that, I can almost visualize it, but maybe I'm just imagining what that would be like. I mean, in in the Eleventh Doctor's time, he actually gets called the good man. Hmm. 
So and maybe that's maybe when it was a, when a good when a good man goes to war, maybe that's what we're thinking about. And and specifically, I think mm-hmm. you're maybe where you're coming from, Clarence, is there is a scene where Madame Kevorkian uh, refers to him and they call you a good man or something like that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he even says when he brings Clara aboard, he he didn't he call her, her his caretaker. She cares, so I don't have to. Yeah, she's my <laughs> Clara. She cares, so I don't have to. Yeah, so mm, they're definitely making us as a viewer wonder <laughs> what this doctor is in this iteration. I mean, even if you look back to the last episode, that scene that we did not see what happened. Mm-hmm. At the end, when the TARDIS, uh, when you know the the I forget the name of the character got knocked from the TARDIS, we don't know exactly what mm-hmm. happened. So I guess we're questioning that a little bit ourselves at this point. And I, again, mm-hmm. I don't blame Clara, Clara for questioning it as well. <laughs> right, Lee. What do you think? No, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you've called out already my favorite line of the episode that. It's it's one of my favorite lines of this season, and I couldn't remember what episode it's in, so it's in Into the Dalek. <laughs> she's not my assistant; she's uh, some other. She's word. my I'm carer. carer. No, she. No, she. Yeah. Clara yeah. says I'm his carer. That's I'm right. She carer. cares, so I don't have to. Yeah, mm, he's my, that yeah, is my carer. Mm. She, she cares, and you know, a, a, a carer is not a word that we use in the U.S. Often, we we might say nurse or caretaker or babysitter. <laughs> You yeah, know? so she's she's really giving it to him there. It's it's kind of mean, <laughs> you know. Uh, I'm his carer, and he immediately turns it around at her. Yeah, my carer. She cares, so I don't have to. Wow, mm. wow. So I'm going to skip in my uh, chronological notes that I have here because I think this next section just really goes into what we're talking about right now. And it's what I have titled as the choice and the response. And, you know, we're, while we're talking about whether or not he is or is not a good man, I want to talk about really briefly, and Lee, I, I really want to focus this one in on you first, because I remember when we were reviewing the final episode of Flux or Series 13, you had an issue with some of the decisions that the doctor made as regards to how she used her enemies as a means to an end. We Mm -hmm. see the doctor make a choice in this where he's using someone else to basically keep the others alive in his decision-making point. What did you think of that? And especially... Does that change how you feel about what the 13th Doctor did? Well, I, I like that it adds a level of um, complexity to the character. I, I want them to be good and perfect all the time because the Doctor's my hero. But I also want them to be approachable and relatable, and that means that they have to be flawed, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's the best I can do with that. The flip side of all this is this moment when the doctor's trying to fix Rusty, really trying to make him good again. And we get, I guess, a reference to Genesis of the Daleks, right? Mm-hmm. So for fans of the classic series, we remember this is what kind of the great moment is that for the doctor, there are ideals bigger than what's happening at the moment. 
because he has the opportunity to wipe out the Daleks really before they're ever born. Mm. And he, in that moment, he realizes he can't do it. He says, if I, if I do this, I become like them if I commit genocide. And here in this episode, he says, here's the quote, see, all those years ago when I began, I was just running. I called myself the doctor, but it was just a name. And then I went to Scaro, and then I met you lot, and I understood who I was. Mm. The doctor was not the Daleks. See, that could be taken in two separate ways. I agree with you in Genesis of the Daleks, but it could also go back to the very second story of Doctor Who, which was the Daleks, when they meet, when, you know, when he first meets the Daleks. Well, that's true. Yeah. Either work, right. I think. Well, that makes more sense when he says, I, I was running and then I went to Scarrow. So, yeah, chronologically, that would make a lot more sense than, than Genesis. But, but I think Daleks. both work. But, yeah. 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 It's a good point. But in any case, yeah, he said, I, I, I understand who you are and that's not me. Clarence, what did you think of, of this? I would say callous moment. Cause technically that's kind of what it was. Which moment in particular are you talking about? Where, where he sacrifices the guy by throwing him the ball yeah. that the, um, yes. Dalek antibodies are going to get. We, we all thought that it's going to be some way of saving him. We all knew it, right? I, oh, of course. As did yeah. I. Here's a lifeline. Yeah. yeah. But again, I think we're getting this version of the doctor being, you know, giving us that good old Vulcan logic with no emotion. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. you know, he's going to die anyway. I'm just trying to track him when his body goes to the, the whatever they called it, the, you know, the, the oil, the, wow, I'm blanking here. Whatever they call that, where the bodies went, the body oil went. But, but yeah, um, Looked like the trash compactor oh, from yeah. Star Wars, by the way. Yes. <laughs> yep. But not coincidentally. <laughs> but yeah, he's just he's just like already two steps of ahead. And again, we see the reassertion of that horrible, horrible, if we want to really call him a doctor, bedside manner, where he's just like he's moved on to the next thing. He said, Okay, he's dying, but I'm saving you, you know. So I just feel like he just lacks a bit of Mm, presentation to the way he <laughs> chooses to operate yeah. at this very moment. Mm. Because like the first moment of that kind of harshness we get is him telling Journey Blue, yeah, your brother's dead, but you're not. So stop crying. Mm. Well, that's, that's terrible. He did also just save her life. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he didn't have to. And, the guy that he tosses the, the pill to that, yeah, I think we all thought is going to be some kind of way that's going to rescue him. He says he was already dead. And he means statistically, right? Yeah. The antibodies were going yeah. to get him, but he but they don't have to get all of us. So I made that choice in that moment. You're welcome. Mm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so harsh. <laughs> so, but, but he is, he's working toward the greater good, right? Needed a many. Needed a many. And, That's right. And you know what I take away from this? I go back to what Madame Vastra said in deep breath uh, in regards to the doctor's face, specifically the face that he wore in his 11th incarnation, that he wore that face to be accepted. And he trusted you enough, talking to Clara, that he would be more himself. And again, this is an alien. This isn't your mm. cuddly best friend down the street. Yeah. This is, you know, 
someone that's 2,000 years old, as he proclaimed. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. And has got a face now that looks angry. Indeed. <laughs> and and he, 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 he doesn't really know why. He doesn't know why he got this face. Well, it could be, perhaps, you know, he has angry eyebrows because he has a palm print on his face. So, Clarence, what did you think about the slap? And I'm not talking about a river slap in at Trenzalore. I'm talking about a slap that made my face sting. What did you think? <laughs> oh, help me out. I don't even remember the slap. Oh, Clara slapped the wow. bleep out of him. Yeah, he has. He, she almost knocks him down. Yeah. Well, then, Lee, what did you think of the <laughs> slap that that... Clara, like, literally slapped the bleep out of him. This is um, one of the things I admire most about this fabulous actor is that in story terms, I was surprised that she hit him. But the actor telegraphed it by a mile because he approached her. We could see it in her eyes. She is on fire. And, <laughs> and so then when it happens, you know, I, it's just it's just Jenna had already hit him with her eyes. <laughs> Mm. It's just so. Do we think this was the planned, most expressive or do you face? think you guys think it was an ad lib? No, no, no. I it, it works too well and is covered from several different camera angles. I no, got you. It's, okay, it's, it's it's in the script, but and really, you know, when you're on a set like that and you've got two prize actors, you don't just let one of them hit the other in the face. Well, that's true. You, Good you point. You can't. You can't do that. But you can make it look like it. So, um, yeah. Well, I totally, Jeez. I totally wasn't expecting it. It, 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 it took me out of left field. But again, I mean, I am so like in la la land here because there is an alternate reality out there somewhere where Kyle is going off on Clara at this point, and I'm not. <laughs> I mean, this me is not going yeah. off on her because I understand it. I mean, I, yeah, I, I could imagine you thinking you know this person and they basically for all intents and purposes kind of got somebody killed right in front of you yeah yeah so and and that moment there is where it's it's pretty clear that they're all gonna die and it's just his fault she just says you're you've killed us all you we trusted you and i think that's what she's so furious about yeah, and so and uh, real quick, the, these an antibodies reminded me a bit of the wow. What's the name of the robot that the Tesselecta? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. There, I thought of the antibodies in the Tesselecta too. So, yeah, and and, and please let me geek for just a second Go about Fantastic I love Voyage. When people geek. I mean, <laughs> I mean that that may have been the origin point of this this script. I don't know, but there's so much love for the 1966 film Fantastic Voyage in this, including the way the miniaturization is done and the point of view shot of them looking out as somebody giant comes down and picks them mm -hmm. up. Um, there's what I'm is an almost quote from the movie when they're going down the eye stalk of the Dalek. Clara says, "What are the lights?" And the doctor says, visual impulse is traveling toward the brain. Well, that gets said at near the end of Fantastic Voyage when they're on the optic nerve getting toward the eyeball. Um, and a big and exciting moment in Fantastic Voyage is when the, they accidentally uh, hurt the person there inside and trigger a swarm of antibodies. Mm. 
So, um, you know, that had to happen. And it's a fascinating idea that a Dalek would have a microscopic um, defense system inside its robotic body that does the same thing as antibodies. But why not? So other than this and Planet of the Giants, is there any other instance where the Doctor has been miniaturized? I was saving that as a trivia question. (laughs) The Doctor has been miniaturized three times. And I was hoping uh, Kyle might know or that that's one we can leave for our our fearsome fans. Well, would it be at the end of Series 3... Last of the Time Lords, would that be what you're referring to? If not, I don't know. Uh, no. Okay. Then we must leave it because unless Clarence knows, no, no. I don't. I have no idea. Yeah. Mm. But I guess the best hint is that the other two were in Classic Who. Interesting. I am. Um, yeah. I, I come up short on that answer. Yeah. <laughs> now, see, that's good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, stepping up your game, sir. I am indeed. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And speaking of stepping up our game, I couldn't go a whole episode without just briefly mentioning that we get a cutaway scene where we get to see Missy having tea and says, welcome to heaven. So. And, and it is worth exploring the way this is being teased out, because this is our second time that somebody has clearly died. And the next thing that happens to them is that they are in a pleasant garden having tea with a kind of a Edwardian lady um, who tells them that they've died and gone to heaven. Um, so we could sort of come up with an explanation for why a mechanical person might have that experience. But this is one of the soldiers from the Andromeda. So, what? Mm-hmm. So the mystery deepens, and it is, it is very uh, intriguing. Indeed, indeed. And I won't go any further because I I, I, mm-hmm. I I will have my Missy moments further down the road. But oh uh, boy, <laughs> yeah. I just am saying that that was like awesome. So I have a question, and Lee, you've already answered my question in regards to oh. why. Well, then skip it. Well, well but but I did want to know why <laughs> we were going to be miniaturized and the Fantastic yes. Voids. That perfectly makes sense. I understand that, but I want to talk about Rusty as the character, and specifically about what they said: Daleks being born with hatred. So I'm probably being on the nose here, but. Do you guys think that we could draw a parallel with how society we teach our young, and I'm not saying we, the three of us, but as society as a whole, we teach our young to hate? There's a great song in the musical South Pacific about this very thing, Um, the the gist of which I could sing it, but the gist of which is you've got to be taught. Nobody is born hating other people it's you you got to be taught before it's too late before you're six or seven or eight (laughs) um to to know who the enemy is you know to know who are the people you're supposed to be against Uh, no you have to be taught that Mm. it's not natural to us so do we think you know in in our understanding of a dalek are they 
are they born or are they made? And Clarence, what do you think from what you've seen Ooh. of the Daleks? Are they born or are they made? Um, I just thought they were genetically engineered to, as far as hatred or just in general? Just in general. Um, I thought they were somehow made because we've seen them in vets before. Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm assuming that's some type of cloning process. Yeah. Yeah. They seem to be grown in vets. Um, <clears throat> you know, and, and, and like robots in the real world, you, they can be made so that they can make others. So it, it goes on forever. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't have an answer to that. You know, I, I just thought it was really peculiar because I've always looked at it from Clarence, the point you just said, which is, you know, you've seen the vats and you've seen them in a surveyor belt kind of making the Daleks. And I never thought of them as being born. And I thought that was a particularly uh. peculiar word to use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, when does something that uh, is grown in a vat get born? An, an almost forgotten, sadly, I think, almost forgotten uh, TV series that didn't last long enough to go for syndication <clears throat> called uh, Space Above and Beyond. Do you, do you remember Space? Space Above and Beyond? I didn't mm. uh, Maybe uh, a little bit. Oh, boy, yeah. Uh, great, great designs throughout by my, my buddy David E. Duncan. Um but um, one of the, the subplots on that, they, they were space marines. Some of the members of the crew were were clones. They had, were they clones? They were grown in tanks mm. anyway. And and the idea was to try to mass produce soldiers. Um, you know, where have you heard that before? Mm. But um, they were seen by the the humans who were, who were born of woman as, um, as inferior. And um, because they didn't grow inside a lady, they didn't have uh, navels because their umbilicus was came at the back of their neck. Mm -hmm. And um, and they would have a little uh, nipple on the back of their neck. And so that's something that if they were in a situation where they needed to blend in socially, they'd have to cover up the back of their neck. Um, but uh, like the Santarans, <laughs> for the same reason, right? I think. Um, but anyway... Um, that's what I think of is that there was always the question there was, are these guys really people? Um, because they weren't ever born. <laughs> yeah. Mm. You know, they thought of themselves as people. Thank you very much. And, you know, once you mm. remove the word born, it instantly puts you in a frame of mind to think less than natural or less than human. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. interesting that they, they'd use that here in, in this uh, episode for the Daleks. Mm -hmm. hmm. Well, it, it, this, the script is kind of all about humanizing the idea of the Daleks, isn't it? That Because I guess it's in Genesis, the Daleks, uh, but uh, one of the early you know stories with Davros, he he says, he brags about the fact that uh, he could have you know given his creation all of the feelings that human beings have, but he decided they only need one. They just need to hate. Mm. And so he's winnowed it down to just that. And which, so, and I think that's why we go back and forth in this episode about whether or not a good Dalek is even possible. Because if they literally don't have anything but hate, and that's just part of their DNA, then no, there isn't a good Dalek. You can't, you can't do anything about that. 
but something went wrong, quote wrong with this one. (laughs) We can call it a Mm. perfect imperfection there. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a fascinating idea, right? You know, and it goes into what they actually talked about in the story, which is my concept of beauty is not your concept of beauty, which is not Mm -hmm. someone else's concept of beauty. And we can't assume what is beautiful to uh, We can't assume what is beautiful to us is also the same thing. Meaning hatred for a Dalek is beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's that's beauty. That is what they consider beautiful, not peace, Mm -hmm. not prosperity, not whatever else you want to say, but hatred. And you, I loved how they paralleled the, and compared and contrasted what the doctor thought and what the Dalek thought. Well, that's go, go ahead, Clarence. I was just going to add to it. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. And then, and just think all it takes is they keep going back to this one good man. All it takes is one good Dalek to possibly influence the whole and make them better. Now, I don't spoilers of what happens next. I don't even remember to be honest. <laughs> but but that's that's an awesome concept to even like really ponder and think about, you know. Uh it takes one person breaking the norm to um break a trend of oppression or racism or whatever you want to call it, you know. So one good man can start the movement or start the ball rolling to to change a people, you know, again, and, I don't know how this is going to work out for the Daleks, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, to give an, an alternate counter just as hard and, but just as momentous as that one to make change, it is also just as easy and quote unquote effortless to just fall in with the masses. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Sure. I'll tell you an amazing true story, and I'll use the man's real name because uh, I think he'd be proud. Uh, When I was working on a radio drama project inside the Maximum Security Penitentiary in Birmingham, uh, I met Ronald McKeithen, who is my age, and um, did some dumb stuff when he was a teenager, and he got put away for life. Mm. um, And that's because that's what the law was like at that time. Uh, especially if you're black and he, there were things about his uh, arrest and conviction that were botched at the time, but yeah, I'm in my sixties. This thing that he did, he got put in jail for more than 40 years Mm. because why he's bad. He's bad. He's irredeemable. And he does not belong out in the general populace with everybody else. Well, I met Ronald and got to know him well and was moved by his talents as an artist and as a writer. And in the show, he proved that he's also a fine actor. He's just a a sensitive, beautiful soul. And I just would come away from, you know, spending time with him in quiet tears saying, why are you in here? Why aren't you out here with all the people who would benefit from knowing you. Mm. And um, a miracle happened. Um, uh, people on the outside who had been working to get his case reexamined finally got through to somebody who would look at it again with the with a, uh, a skeptical eye, and they overturned his conviction. Oh, wow. 
and he is free. Wow. Awesome. And because he's a bad dude, of course, what he's done is he's immediately gone on a crime spree, right? Hmm. No. No, he's, he's working at his community center here teaching young people how to draw and paint. And that goes back to book and cover. Do not judge. There you go. I mean, this is the person that he really is. This is the person he always was. But, you know, so that's what, you know, I can't help watching Into the Dalek and thinking about things like that. Are there human beings that we look at and we see the things that they've done and we just say, well, it's just bad. It's just bad. And, you know, is there a chance that you can, that you can make them good? Well, no. No, it's, it's not in their nature. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something to, to think about now that we're firmly within the council culture. It's, it's, and, and this episode goes to great lengths. There's one point, and this is my favorite quote of the episode, is when the doctor asks Clara, am I a good man? And she says to him, I think you're trying to be, and that's the point. And I think that definitely yeah. underlines what you just said, Lee. We all have our bad moments, our moments that we wouldn't want anybody to see. But who are we right now? Oh. And better yet, what do you what did you learn from that bad moment? Yeah. yeah. And and not to say we shouldn't be serve our time or be punished if we really did something bad, but just, you know, mm-hmm. we still evolve and change if 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 someone even does something, you know, less than admirable. They have the opportunity to change in this long life we got here. <laughs> right. But let me put just a little bit of icing on that. You, when you say, you know, if you do something wrong, serve the time. You and I both, Clarence, walk into a department store or a grocery store and steal a candy bar. The, what's right is I get three days, you get three days. Not I get three hours and you get 30 years yep yep certainly that's the difference yeah yeah that's a ridiculous scenario of course i mean obviously they just shoot him sorry i'm bitter <laughs> but yeah uh, it, this this is an episode uh, written produced and you know uh, aired mostly for a uh, a, a culture a of Great Britain, who's outlawed the death penalty. Hmm. Didn't I know that? Yeah. So th- they they have decided as a culture, people are redeemable. Hmm. So, you know, the Daleks have always stood in for the Nazis, you know. I mean, that's, that's something to think about. <laughs> hmm. Before, I'll, you know, I don't want to go too deep off, off topic hmm. here, but I will say just in general... That it is said because we're we're in the 1920s and we're you know we're 22 we're getting you know fixing to be in the 30s etc and so forth and we look back a hundred years and I could go so far as to say if you don't learn from history history is prone to repeat itself so yeah that's very true you know yep. with that being said let's go to the last point I wanted to make about Rusty telling the doctor. You are a good Dalek. And what did you guys think of this? You are a good Dalek. Take it away. And Clarence, why don't you go first? (laughs) You are a good Dalek. 
Mm, I'm not sure I understand that quote, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure I fully understand what that means. I mean, we see where Rusty goes or sees the doctor's memories and he I guess to some extent feels the doctor's feelings, but I don't I don't understand that quote exactly because the doctor is of course um he can be seen as the harbinger of war <laughs> um he's killed a lot of his enemies over the years so i'm I'm just hmm help me out i i'll jump in before lee real quick i think you were spot on i don't i think it's in some ways open to interpretation i don't think there's a right or wrong answer mm. But I do take away from it that, you know, the doctor has been wrong. The doctor has done things. And you're looking at it from the perspective of something, someone, a being that knows no more than hate and has seen nothing more than hate. And if you don't look at the doctor in context, because, you know, we were just talking context of people but you take out the doctor from the context, you see a being that is equal to the Daleks, if you look at it from the Dalek point of view, maybe. Mm. Lee, what do you think? No, I, I, I think, yeah, all I can do is just agree with both of you. Rusty is particularly moved by the doctors, but when he and the doctor are sharing a mind, part of what Rusty experiences the doctor's burning hatred for the Daleks. And I think it feels familiar. He says, wow, that's funny. That's the way I used to feel about you. But I don't feel that way anymore. Mm. <laughs> mm. All right. So let's get into our favorites. Unless that either of you have anything that we have not talked about that you had on your list. If not, we'll get into our favorites. I do not. It's a little thing, but uh, the, the the sonic screwdriver becomes a welding torch in this episode, <laughs> and uh, we we've we've remarked before that sometimes it's a phaser, and you say, "Well, why didn't you do that before?" Uh, this is another one of those. Wow, that would have come in handy on some other occasions, <laughs> but you know, whatever. And then once he's uh, sealed up the radiation leak, he says, "There, radiation poisoning's gone." I thought, well, that's not how radiation poisoning works. I <laughs> Okay, we'll we'll pretend like it is. All right, let's let's go no on. No decontamination. But I think, no blah blah. Right. I yeah. I think I think the truth is you're all dead. But yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> but yeah, that's my only other thing. Awesome. All right. So favorite quote and Clarence, I'll start with you. Favorite quote. What was your favorite quote? I've already said it, but uh, it's "Am I a good man?" I think you're trying to be, and that's the point. Awesome. Awesome. Lee, favorite favorite quote. <laughs> she cares, so I don't have to. <laughs> so mine was going to be that. And every time I've thought about this freaking episode, it was going to be that. Until I heard the doctor <laughs> say something, and it had to be my favorite quote. The doctor said, it's not my fault. Did he? Huh. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. He did that, that jumped out Let's at me too. That out. <laughs> he said, exactly. it's not my fault. And I right. roared laughing when he said it. <laughs> yep. I was it like, jumped out at me that's too. my favorite scene. So, I mean, that's my favorite quote, but my favorite scene, I'll start this one. 
This is the only episode I think that has creeped me out that I can remember of Doctor Who. Mm. And this maybe since you are you my mommy, but when Rusty says you are a good Dalek and he goes to leave and they do the thing with the eye stalk where it looks like the Dalek is turning back to look Uh at him again. That is freaking creepy. And I love it. That's my favorite scene. Yeah. Lee Shackelford, favorite scene. Yeah. I I remember noticing that too and thinking that was, that was really a nice, um, it's easy to think that those guys uh, pushing the Dalek uh, uh, casings around uh, are, are not really acting, but yeah, that's a performance there. That's uh, and of course Nicholas Briggs as the voices of all the Daleks as usual, fantastic. Um, I, I, I'm not sure how I feel about this, but uh, since this is an episode about hate and being a good person and so on, but I just loved Rusty shooting the other Daleks in the back. <laughs> I just. <laughs> For some reason, that just gave me so much pleasure. <laughs> um, so that's maybe my favorite scene. But, you know, I also, of course, love the miniaturization and insertion and all of that stuff. So anyway. Masterfully yeah. done. Masterfully done. So those are my favorite scenes. All right. Clarence, favorite scene. Uh, mine, too, is on the miniaturization when they're in the compression tube and they make the comment about holding your breath. <laughs> and uh, cool. the doctor says, "Have you ever microwaved lasagna without pricking the film on top? Don't be the lasagna." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Nobody popped. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> awesome. So, final rating, Clarence. I'll start this one with you. Final rating: five radiation-filled Daleks out of five. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Lee Shackleford. Yeah, I, like I think it is a really, really good and important script, but it, it's it's not perfect. And I get, you know, so I, I'm giving it four and a half newborn stars out of five. Mm-hmm. Ooh, how shiny. Mm. Life changing. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I'm going to have to stay with you, actually, Lee. I'm going to stay with 4.5. But I'm going to give it 4.5 staring Daleks having tea with Missy out of five. Hmm. But, 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 okay. They didn't, but. No, no. I'm sure if she were to (laughs) meet a Dalek at some point in her future or past or whenever, that she Uh might be inclined to, I don't know, say something nice. Boo. Right. (laughs) <laughs> I, I handed it to him. That that one that one's on me, folks. I handed it to him. Uh, just yeah, and but you know, go no, ahead. I, I have to say I'm a little bit scared about the next episode. Um, I semi remember it, but these first two have been so good. I'm just ready for disappointment. <laughs> Help me remember. You know what's coming. Yeah. Is it the robots of Sherwood? Yeah, I think that's the next one. And for everyone listening, we appreciate your time. And as always, we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. 